I'm so excited to be nominated. It's just an honor to be nominated. Honor to be nominated. I'm Ezra. Hi, and I'm Chandler, and we are Honored to be Nominated, a new podcast uh, featuring any movie that's ever been nominated for an Oscar. Today, we are doing Spirited Away, Miyazaki's masterpiece uh, animated film, which was nominated and won for Best Animated Feature. The second film to ever do so. Second film to ever do so. After... After uh, Shrek, which a, we all know and love. An equally philosophical Shrek. treatise on, a, on a mankind. And I'll say it, Shrek, Truly fun up movie. To par. I'll say it, Shrek, fun movie, not comparable to this at all. <laughs> on a different, a different scale. Um, I think we should preface by saying that I wrote in my notes as watching this, I have nothing to critique about this film. Um, so we're, we're going to try. <laughs> we're going to try moving forward. Um, I mean, this is just, I think... This is not personally my favorite Miyazaki film. My favorite Miyazaki film is Princess Mononoke, but I think just this just objectively is the greatest animated film ever made, and I think possibly one of the greatest films ever made. I'll say it. Um, uh, I think it's just absolutely stunning. The artwork, the score, uh, I think the direction, the story, everything is fantastic. I mean, what's it all about? Just to set it up for folks who may not have seen it, um, and if you haven't seen it, pause this episode right now and go watch it. It's on HBO Max and it's worth every second of your time. Uh, Spirit Away is a uh, animated film from Japan from Studio Ghibli, which is the sort of brainchild of Hayao Miyazaki, um, who also directed Spirit Away. Um, giving a plot description of Spirit Away is a little difficult. Um, mm, very yeah. difficult. <laughs> uh, but essentially it's about a, a young girl named Chihiro who um, she and her parents come across this sort of like abandoned theme park and uh, her parents turn into pigs and she gets kind of swept into this magical realist fairy world where she has to work in a bathhouse for spirits and sort of like find herself. It's very um, compared a lot in sort of Western, the Western canon to Alice in Wonderland or Wizard of Oz or that sort of like girl go, girl goes on a, a quest uh, to discover herself. Um, but it also has a lot of like influence from Shinto philosophy and things like that that Mm-hmm. I, as a Westerner, can't really speak too very clearly. But yeah, that's essentially Spirit Away in a nutshell. Can I tell my funny story about my relationship with the movie from when I was a kid? Please go. Please. So I remember seeing this film in theaters. This is also the same year that the movie, another animated movie called Spirit, which is about a horse. And I was I was kind of into horses that when I was a kid. I was a little bit of a horse girl. That's the least surprising it. thing you've ever said. Yeah. <laughs> But I think my family, whoever I saw it with, must have thought we were seeing Spirit and not Spirited Away. That's so funny. And yeah, Eesh. and so when we were, I was sitting in the theater and this movie like just jumps right into the action. Like there's barely any exposition. It's just like, mm-hmm. all right, we're in the car and we're going to the new house. Oh, look, here's something abandoned. Like I feel like it's 15 minutes and we're already like in the, the action, which I love. Yeah. But the one of the first uh, very powerful and strong images that you know especially sticks with you as a child is her parents turning into literal pigs and yeah. just but even before they turned into pigs i remember watching them eat as a kid like that ravenous like grotesque eating and it really freaked me out i remember being like oh no and then once jahiro ran off and then came back and her 
parents were actually pigs, I turned to my mom and I was like, we need to leave. I was like, I can't. And I left, I think, after that. So the rest of the movie when I watched it was all brand new for me because I don't think I was able to sit through it as a kid. But as an adult, I loved it. I had a similar experience where I was, my uncle gave me a copy of this DVD for my birthday when I must have been like, I don't know, however old I was in 2003, so like seven, seven, eight. Um, and, and my mother was like, absolutely not. Because it was shortly <laughs> after I read Coraline and had nightmares for six months. She was like, we're not doing this shit. We're and not just, doing this again. Like, not even a little bit. So like, it was always like on my shelf. And I remember like my parents watched it and I was like, how was it? And, and my dad was like, yeah, good movie. And then I was like, always like, it was like the white whale. And then I remember becoming like, I must have been like 12 or whatever. And I was like, oh, so this is different than what I thought it was. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't, I don't know, to me it does not feel like a, a movie for children. To me it feels Well, is too, it the perfect movie for children? No, I keep thinking about there's a um, a man whose name I can't I can't remember right now, because we're recording too early in the morning, but who uh, makes theater for children um, in Australia, uh, and he talks about, um, and he has a play that's all about death, um, specifically like premature parent deaths. And someone asks him, like, why are you writing plays with such dark content for children? And he goes, no, 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 no. Like, the purpose of art is to teach children how to deal with these things. There's that great G.K. Chesterton quote. Art doesn't yeah. teach... Books don't, books don't tell kids monsters exist. Kids know monsters exist. Books tell kids monsters can be beaten. And I wonder, mm. like, mm. as a child, I had a lot of, like, existential dread, which is much different from myself as an adult. And, um... But I wonder if, like... I think I would have had nightmares if I watched this movie, but there is something about, like... I think Miyazaki's work in general... Um, and Spirited Away specifically, that is like, we're going to show you the roadmap to life. Life doesn't make any sense, but you have to make it make sense through the choices you make and the people you surround yourself with, which is, I think, a good message to tell children. Though I agree, it is pretty frightening. Yeah, I also think as we've, you know, this movie was made in 2001, which feels like eons ago, but... About 19 years ago this month. Yeah, so, so much has changed just for animation and I think... TYA for film, whatever that is. FYA, I guess, <laughs> for a young audience. Um, I just feel like that has changed. Like, if this movie was made today, I don't feel like it would be too too different from what it was, but maybe just not as uh, in your face so fast. I think that's what is really jarring about it, is it really is, like, in your face right away, right, right from the get-go. So kids like me who are, like, a little like they, they need more time to warm up to that we we didn't get that it was just like here it is and if you don't like it oh well totally. too bad and i think i think it's interesting you say that because because there's also moments where um and i wrote this down a lot where there's where miyazaki takes his time and there are moments where he i forget the word in in japanese that he uses but it, it's it essentially means breath right there's these moments like the train scene this long extended moment of just sort of non-dialogue just visual and then the score, there's just these moments where it's just breath um, that I don't see yeah. that a lot in other films. I think the only thing I can yeah. think of, and I apologize for referencing this, is Lord of the Rings. Peter Jackson does this a lot in his Lord of the Rings trilogies where it's just it's these moments of, of, of stillness that I think is really brilliant and really, really well done and specifically this film um, where it does sort of jump you into a lot of those action moments, but there is these moments that are like breaths and these little moments of... of, of sincerity that I love a lot. 
just a quick sidebar to anyone listening at any point at any time of day if you ever hear chandler say lord of the rings you must take a shot (laughs) (laughs) no but i think i think you're right insofar as i think that it's really uncommon for animated films specifically american animated films to have that breath i think that like if you watch indie films or like world cinema i think that there are other examples other other than lord of the rings i know Um, but but I take your point. I think what's interesting about it is that he, there is like almost no handholding. Where mm-hmm. um, I watched this movie with, my, I've seen this movie a bunch of times, but I watched it with my partner last night who had never seen it. Um, <gasps> and while we watched it, she she was like, "Oh, what's?" She's like, "I like twenty minutes into it, she was like, I know I, I'm going to love this movie.'" And I was like, "Why?" And she goes, "Because the world makes no sense, but it makes complete sense." Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is, I think, like yeah, the best summation of like, yeah. And, like, in an American movie, not to dodge it, paint with two on a brush, but I feel like in an American movie they would sit you down and be like, okay, so here are the rules, and, like, yeah. really build the world for you, but Miyazaki has so much trust, where you're like, and then you watch it, like, oh, well, yes, of course, the coal, the coal mites, of course, carry the coal, which fires the oh, thing, and then he has to get the herbs to grind in, in order to release the herbal bats. Like, this is the most natural thing in the world. This is just how the yeah. economy works. Yeah, this is just basic. I wrote that down. I wrote like the rules of this world are insane. Yes. Like they just keep changing. They they add a new world a uh, rule every scene. It feels like it, but it 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 works. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, absolutely. It's really interesting. So the last time I saw this film was shortly before pre before shortly before the current moment, where I was directing a play with kids that we were describing as uh, uh, Irish music meets Miyazaki. And we kept, it was a production of Shakespeare's The Tempest, and the, these kids or high school kids kept being like, we don't understand what the fuck this play means. And so we're like, no, no, it's dream logic. And they're like, what is dream logic? And then that's when I discovered that it's impossible to explain dream logic. And so we're like, just sit down. And so we sat them down and we showed them Spirited Away. And it's like, imp- I cannot describe, if you put a gun to my head, I cannot describe to you the rules of the world. But when I watch the film, I understand the rules of the world perfectly. So, like, right now I can't be like, yeah, so here's how the hierarchy works. And so the frogs do this. But then, like, if there's a line in it where the one of the women is like, that's frog work. And you're like, you're goddamn right that's frog work. Like, I yeah, don't know what that work. means. I just, I just know it's not. You don't know, what, you don't know what the work is. You don't know what the, of being a frog means. But you know, that's frog work. No, and frog then there's, work, like, that, let's be honest. that great thing about, like, the, you have to go to the foreman to get the pass to send to the oil, like man in the basement, so he can send you the water for the bath. Mm-hmm. Is you're like There's certain types of water. Yes, and the water is valuable. It... Well, I think it's I think it's just the Miyazaki's brilliant construction. It was like because you see yeah. the the right when she walks into the boiler room, you see one of the little token things come down, and he's like, oh, they need this, 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 and you're like, okay, well, so what's this little weird thing coming down from the sky? But then you move later on, and you sh- you realize that like oh, it's a token for these baths, and then, like, that's how they communicate with the boiler room. And so he constructs it beautifully. It just is hard to describe. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, I wrote, like, eight times in my notes uh, that the the world is just so pretty, um, which is every Miyazaki film. Um, for anyone that doesn't know Miyazaki, uh, I don't... Uh, I grew up literally never watching any Miyazaki film until I was, like, 18. No, until I was, like, 23. Um, but everything's hand-drawn. All the backgrounds are hand-drawn. It's all hand-detailed. Um, and it's the most beautiful world ever. It's so gorgeous. And I love every... Sun- the difference every of the background animation style and the foreground animation style is so 
stunning. Ugh. Like how the background truly looks like it's real. Like I was like, those are photographs? Question mark. Like the the when they walk through the flowers, oh. that that Ugh. image is just. I was like, can this last for another thirty minutes, please? That's Chandler, so to pick up that seems... on what you're saying about hand drawn, though, what's actually interesting is that later in his career, including in Spirited Away, he will use elements of CGI, and so certain mm-hmm. shots are CGI, which allows him to like. So he establishes the world of hand drawn, and then sometimes is able to like subvert that with CGI because he is yeah. like. I mean, I don't think this is a hot take. I hope not. Is that I think he's the greatest animation director to ever live. I mean, almost I think that he's kind of unparalleled. He's never made a bad film. Ever. Um, yeah. What are some of his other films? Because I don't know if I am... Um, I know he did uh, Kiki's, right? He did Kiki's, Kiki's Delivery Service, Service, which is like Tattoo It On My Soul. I, I love Kiki's. Um, he and did Princess Mononoke, which is Chandler's bag. Which is my favorite. Um, uh, my Cousin Totoro was probably, other than Spirited Away, he's most famous in the States. My Neighbor Totoro. I know that. My, yes. I, I've heard of that, but I've never seen it. It's very cute. It's that. not my favorite. I would say it's my least no. favorite of his work. Yeah. Um, Howl's but Moving Castle is the movie that made me gay. Mm. <laughs> in a very real way. Um, Castle in the Sky. Uh, Castle in the Sky is fantastic. He's a parent, so he retired a few years ago, but has come out of retirement. And he's like, I'm, I'm making another movie. And, and all these journalists are like, Mr. Miyazaki, what? what is the, the movie going to be about? And he said, I'm making it for my grandson to tell him that someday I will leave him, but that life continues. Oh my God. And you're like, well, what the fuck is this movie? Gonna- this is going to be <laughs> Oh, God, that's sad. So, like, what, what do you guys think the message of this movie is? I think this, I don't know. I don't want to sound too glorifying of, of this man's work, but like, I think this movie transcends a singular message. I think it's a, a lot about, like, life, and I think it has a lot of different messages, right? I think that, you know, one message is this metaphor for the bathhouse being this sort of uh, capitalistic work zone and, and, and how the bathhouse makes you crazy. Like, Ch- uh, Chiro makes that, makes that line about no face, where he's like, I think the bathhouse just makes you crazy. Um, and but it's also about like growing up and losing your parents and then not like I don't know I don't I don't know Ezra am I yeah I, I think I think Chandler's right is that I think that to assign like one singular message is to like lessen I think the impact I would say that for me what I get out of it is that sometime your parents are going to leave you and you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to make a life on your own and it's going to be really hard and you're going to meet a lot of interesting people, some good, some bad. You're going to have to do some things that are some good, some bad, but it's important to never lose yourself during that. And it's going to be really easy to lose yourself in the modern world. And so you must yeah. always remember at your core who you are and let that guide you. Yeah. yeah. Can I can I read something that I please. think helped me inform yes, what please. I think part at least part of this movie is about? So Chihiro in the beginning is sort of portrayed as kind of like this rude not rude i don't know she's a kid she's yeah. just she's a little outspoken yeah. and in japanese culture it's a lot about respect and a lot about respecting your your elders and authority figures but also i think about respecting like just things in the world around you mm-hmm. so i read mm-hmm. something on the wikipedia page for this film so you know not the greatest source but still interesting um it's under the themes section 
And it says, Chihiro also encounters kami, which is Japanese for spirits, of animals and plants. Miyazaki says of this, quote, in my grandparents' time, it was believed that kami existed everywhere, in trees, rivers, insects, wells, anything. My generation does not believe this, but I like the idea that we all treasure everything because spirits might exist there. And we should treasure everything because there is a kind of life to everything. I just thought that was really beautiful just because even in unliving things, like if it's important to you, you want to take care of it so that mm -hmm. it can go with you throughout life and maybe to the afterworld if that's something you believe in or you can pass it down to your family members. And I just thought, I think that's definitely it. To, to learn to respect everyone and everything around you, no matter what it is or who they are. So to add to that, since we're reading from the Wikipedia page, can I read you my favorite quote from that page? Which is, yeah, Miyazaki yeah. said, uh, uh, Chihiro's parents turn into pigs. Uh, Chihiro's parents turning into pigs symbolizes how some humans become greedy. The very moment Chihiro says there's something odd about this town, her parents turn into pigs. There were, so, there were people who that turned into pigs during the Japanese bubble economy of the 1980s. And these people still haven't realized they've become pigs. Mm -hmm. Savage. Savage. Um, I, I did write in my notes, uh, I would have become a pig. This food looks great. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's, but uh, that, that mentality is very much the Shinto, I, I think I'm pronouncing that right. The Shinto spirituality or religion, which is every, like the idea that, that, that the natural world has spirits and, and, mm -hmm. and the, the you know the the rivers and the rocks and the trees and the yeah and the the rabbits. It was interesting to see that. Interesting to see that, like how the wind like pushed her to encourage her to like go into the town, and the boiler steam was like, no, go talk to the boiler man. Like that's what you're supposed to like. So things were leading her and mm -hmm. helping her and guiding her throughout the film. Yes. Um, until she sort of learned for herself how to make her own decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's one of the things I love most about Miyazaki is he has that very much, uh, like, the the the, the nat natural world is important and must be respected and cared mm -hmm. for um, and loved and that's what I think is so beautiful about a lot of his backgrounds is this beautiful beautiful uh, natural world that you see that he clearly loves so dearly that he puts so much time into uh, for his films, um, and I think very much influences his views of the world, right? It's very, very apparent if you watch any Miyazaki film that he hates war, that he hates over-industrialization, um, that it's that he views it as such a horrible thing, that these things are destroying our world. We're not respecting, you know, the rivers and and the forests. And, um, I don't know. That just speaks to me very, very deeply. It's a very similar view to, in a, in a, in a, in a, Japanese lens to Tolkien's views and from a Western lens, but it's 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 just very very gorgeous. Something I, so um, for all of our listeners and my two co-hosts, there's a my favorite podcast of all time is called uh, Blank Check, and they cover movies, but they covered all of Miyazaki's films, and I would highly recommend listening to that miniseries, specifically the Spirit Away episode, because it gives a lot of I think really good context. Um, but something they talk uh, they talk about a lot, and Miyazaki has talked a lot about a lot, is that he was really affected, as I think a lot of people were, by the sort of very rapid change in Japan post World War II where yeah. like, the Americans came in and Americanized everything. And so then there were these things like, um, so apparently like in Japan um, at, the, at the time this, this film was made, there were just like a bunch of empty theme parks because they had built all these theme parks and the economy went bust and they just abandoned them. But it's interesting, the sort of like old world clashing with the new as told through like different language, like Tolkien, uh, Chandler brought up Tolkien, 
Uh, but what it made me think of is Tolstoy. And in War and Peace is the same thing, is that War and Peace is about Russia being torn between quote-unquote modernization and the sort of more classic way of doing things. And it's all about how in through modernization sometimes we lose ourselves. And there are like good things that come from that, but also that we it is important to understand our history and understand our culture and understand where we come from. And so it's like not to sound like a crazy person, but like there is, I think, a lot of Tolstoy in Miyazaki. And I think that's sort of like a very philosophical way of looking at the world of like, we need to get back back to the basics. We've lost our way through the sort of yeah. like corruption of modern capitalism, I think is really interesting. I did write in my notes um, when that first uh, spirit comes in who is like all globby and sticky and smells bad and is trying to come into the bathhouse and is then deemed as like this esteemed guest and like needs the good bath and Chihiro is called to take care of him and realizes that he has like something stuck in his side and she has to pull it out and it takes like the whole staff of the bathhouse to pull out and it ends up being like pollution like from yeah. a river. Mm-hmm. And I literally wrote, so the esteemed guest was sticky and awful because he was spoiled by human stuff and humans suck? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. That's that's a running theme. That's my favorite scene in the movie. It's so it's good. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Um, well, that's what I also think is 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 this, the brilliant uh, connection between um, Haku and uh, Chiro is is that he was just a river spirit that saved her when she fell into a river and it's just this one distinct moment from her childhood um where she almost drowned in this river but this river spirit saved her and then this is this their connection throughout this entire movie is just this one little memory um and moment from uh from her childhood that i feel like you don't that is so important and so impactful that i feel like you don't see in a Western film, like in a Western film, we would have had to like that would have been the 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 intro to the film, right? She would have been like drowning in this river, and then they would have. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, it's not necessary because us seeing her drown is not important, right? It's the connection that she has to this moment in her life. Um, and I think that's yeah. And then yeah. I feel like if we saw it in the beginning, like sort of arbitrary, without mm-hmm. giving it any real context or any like this was important. Like, I feel like then you're just searching the whole film for like, when are we going to get back to that? How did, how did that first moment? And right. then you, you, your brain is not fully paying attention to what's actually happening. Cause you're busy trying to connect it to what you already saw. And so I feel like not seeing that and just having that at the end is so much more realistic, I guess, just because it, it happened naturally for Chihiro as it mm-hmm. did for us. It wasn't like, she was thinking the whole time during that during this movie like remember that time i almost drowned like it wasn't about that it was just about her yeah trying to go day by day in this new world and then it just came to her because she was in the right space in her mind and with the right person and it came to her yeah and i think that's i feel like you wouldn't get that in a western film like that structure um because i think it's that, that that going back to the nature connection is is those little moments of this moment where you were in touch with you know like the natural world it is so impactful to to the to your future um that i think is yeah. is sort such a, a beautiful way to view things and that and that she, uh she continues to deny like the gold that's presented to her by no face right because that's not important but these 
moments, these memories in her life that were connected to something real, something physical, something that's not like given uh, given value by by man, right? Because gold is just a fucking rock, but you're yeah. giving you're giving it value. Um, yeah. But but the river has actual value. I think it's such a beautiful way to 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 connect Haku and 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 Chiyo. That's ever Miyazaki story is it was uh, they were uh, releasing Princess Mononoke in America. It's a relatively long film for an animated film, like two two hours, 20 minutes, something like that. Uh, mm. And Harvey Weinstein was uh, producing it. And he his nickname before he was outed as a serial rapist was uh, Harvey Scissorhands because he would buy movies and then cut them down. And so like you would like sell your movie to Harvey Weinstein and be like, oh, he's going to put my picture on the screen. And then you would come back and be like, your two and a half hour movie would now be 90 minutes. And he just cut an hour out of it. And so he was like, well, we, we got to cut down Princess Mononoke. And so allegedly, uh, one day, someone like knocked on uh, Weinstein's office door and they said, uh, Mr. Weinstein, you have a package from uh, Miyazaki. And he goes in and he opens, it does a big box and he opens up the package and inside is a katana. Uh, and just the note that says, no cuts. Like he's a mafia <laughs> member. I actually went back and forth just out of curiosity while I was watching this. Um, also, because I was cooking lunch and I wanted to be able to hear it and watch it at the same time um, as I went back from from Japanese to English a couple times and it seems to be pretty accurate like the performances are, are giving are giving a very similar inflection the the script is essentially the same so it seems as though uh, at least with this one I just found another Miyazaki quote that I think is interesting to go back to the discussion of like what does this film what's this film mean he said, mm-hmm. I created a heroine who is an ordinary girl, someone with whom the audience can sympathize. It's not a story in which the characters grow up, but a story in which they draw on something already inside them, brought out by particular circumstances. I want my young friends to live like that, and I think they, too, have such a wish. Mm. Oh, wow. wow. It's beautiful. It's not a film That's about so where nice. they grow up, it's about where they draw on things already inside them. That's, I love that. That's, <laughs> that's better. At me. <laughs> I feel like the film community needs to offer more nomination opportunities for animation. 100%. Where was the sound nomination? The, the sound in this is uh, beautiful. The score like the, is the, 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 the footsteps. It's oh. the score is beautiful. The, the and just sound because this is an animated film, it, it, it doesn't get nominated for other things. I don't know. Like, can we not have a sound for live action nomination and a sound for animation nomination, so on and so forth, you know what I mean? I agree. I will say that like, at the time, this was created, the animated um, category was created because of like, mass internal fighting about like, the the role of animated films in the Oscars, because like, this was like, mm-hmm. during the rise of Pixar, it was after the Disney Golden Age, it was during the rise of DreamWorks, uh, and sort of the height mm-hmm. of G-Kids. Um, which is Miyazaki's American Emperor. And, um, and so they, there was like that big push from specifically Jeffrey Katzenberg, who uh, produced The Lion King and then got fired from Disney and founded DreamWorks, which everyone should go read uh, a book called The Men Who Would Be King, which is about the founding of DreamWorks, which is the most fascinating book I've ever read. But um, yeah, it's great. Um, but so then I think, for example, now I know that like Toy Story 3 got nominated for both Best Picture and Best Animated. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I believe, like, Ratatouille got, like, a screenplay nomination. I think Inside Out did, too. And so, like, it, it is more now. I think definitely... I famously hate animated films. Um, 
I think yes, they're for do. children, and I'm a grown ass adult. Um, with like, but you love Ratatouille. There are two exceptions, which are I mean, there are films from my childhood, and then there are Miyazaki and Pixar, which I think are like transcend the form. We can discuss my bias against animation later, but um, I do think it is. I think it is kind of unacceptable that like Spirit Away only got one nomination. Unacceptable. Right. Right. It. In a yeah. year in which Chicago got 13. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just going through these Oscars. It's the year we let a accused, uh, no, a convicted, excuse me, pedophile win Best Director. Who? Roman Polanski won Best Director. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought he was already, like, fleed the country yes. at this point. For... Yes, he was not able to attend the ceremony because he's not allowed back in the country because he routinely drugged, on more than one occasion, drugged and raped underage girls. We gave him... Best director. You know, hot, hot no. take. Why don't we just give that to Mihayo uh, Miyazaki? And the Oscar goes to. So, should it have won? Um, if I mean, you don't know. I mean, I think Lilo and Stitch is a really, really solid film. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, you know, I, I really think Ice Age should have won. No. Uh, if you don't know, haven't learned this by now from the podcast, clearly it should have won. It should have won. Treasure all Planet, the where you at? So it's it's Treasure Planet, Lilo and Stitch, Ice Age, Spirit, uh, Spirit Away. I'll, I'll say it, y'all. Uh, insulting to be in the same category as these movies. <laughs> insulting. This movie is a, a, a far beyond any of these movies. Can't you shut up? I'm busy. Boy, what a great show. All right, so we're going to go ahead and transition into our final segment, what we've been watching the past week or so. I, I've been watching with my roommate Cameron. Shout out to Cameron. Um, uh, we've been watching the Michael Jordan One of our three the, listeners on this podcast. <laughs> literally our only listener. Only person that listens. Literally. Cam Cam, shout out. Um, we've been watching <laughs> uh, the Michael Jordan documentary Last Dance. Um, mm. which is really good, really fun. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot about like how Michael Jordan is a complicated figure and like yada, yada, yada. But it, the, the man can play basketball. I'll tell you that right now. The man's very, very good at basketball. There was just, there's a lot of moments where there's just like, yeah, you know, I, Charles Barkley, one of the greatest basketball players of all time was like, yeah, I played the best I've, I've, I could ever play. Michael Jordan just outplayed me. I don't know what to tell you. It's like, wow. But yeah, that's about it. <laughs> I have been struggling with some depression. So I've been um, sort of like revisiting black comedies from the 80s and 90s. Um, so I watched Uncle Buck, which I'd never seen, starring John Candy. Um, I watched uh, War of the Roses, the Michael Douglas, Danny DeVito, Kathleen Turner feature, which is really fun. Uh, and then I uh, recently watched Clueless for the first time. There has been some YouTube drama that I've been following <laughs> to a T that no one cares about. So I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos lately, like digging for this. Can you drama summarize the on drama? One, yeah, just this one YouTuber who um, lives in a current COVID hotspot and has been traveling a ton and not really promoting social distancing or like staying home or anything. Her. Uh, Finsta was also, like, found and, like, had some racist shit that, like, is oh. problematic and she should definitely be 
not making any more money off of like brand deals or YouTube. So like, it's fun. It's, it's like fun to follow, but no one cares about it. Then last night after finishing, after watching Spirited Way, we were browsing on HBO Max because didn't realize HBO Max was like a thing and HBO oh. Go is gone now and HBO Now was ever a thing, question mark? I don't know. <laughs> HBO needs to get their shit together. Yeah. I guess it came up in our like suggested, like based on what you've watched since the only thing we watched on HBO Max was Spirited Away, the Boondocks popped up, which I've never heard of, but David has watched before and we watched the first episode and it was, it's funny, but there's also like there's some heavy stuff in there, but it's fun. Hmm. If you've never seen it, Claudia, uh, because it's on HBO Max, you you would love Kiki's Delivery Service. Well, I stand by Kiki's. that. You have? I love it. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I have a, my experience. My like experience with anime is very very limited, but like the things I have seen that are anime, I love. Yeah. So I've seen Kiki's and I love it. I've seen Spirited Away now. I love it. Uh, I was a big Sailor Moon fan when I was a kid. Again, really? I, I dressed up as Sailor Moon one, one Halloween with my mom. I love that. It was fun. I, I will that. say that, um, so HBO Max is, for my money, the best streaming service right now, other than uh, the Criterion Channel. Um, and what's great about it is that they have a really good mix of, like, new shit, classics, classic mm-hmm. stuff, because they have also, like, the Turner Classic movies. And so if you want to go back and, like, watch old movies, they have, like, all sorts of great stuff. Um, they have a lot of like so weird. I can, I can stop paying for them on Amazon. Yes, you're saying. Um, right. <laughs> they have a lot of like weird sort of art artsy movies. They have like David Lynch films on there, but they also have all of Studio Ghibli. They have all of the like Sesame Street, um, all of Looney Tunes. You can go back and watch Looney Tunes from the like fifties. Fun. HBO Max worth the money. I am not sponsored, though. If HBO wanted to send me a check, I would not say no. All right, so that is all we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. You can go ahead and follow us on Instagram at htbn.podcast to keep up with what we're up to and what we're watching and when we post new episodes. Our podcast can be found on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, as well as some other smaller platforms you've probably not heard of. Um, But all of that can be found on our Instagram and in the show description. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you guys very soon. Bye. Bye.